Welcome to Virtual Expat, where we investigate the interplay between living overseas and living online. What happens to our online presence, our online persona, when we change countries? Does anything happen? Does one support the other? Does one conflict with the other? I don't know, but I wanted to find out. So I'm going to interview a lot of expats in order to get to the heart of this question. Is there interplay between our online selves and our geographically mm, varied self? We have a few different ways that you can feedback. So if you go to stephfuccio.weebly.com forward slash contact, let me do that a little slower, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com forward slash contact. You'll see all kinds of ways you can contact me and let me know what you think of this podcast. I have email, WeChat if you're in China, Twitter, LinkedIn, and my new favorite thing is SpeakPipe. Over on the right-hand side of that page, you'll be able to leave a sound recording, basically a voice message. You just hit the start recording button that's in bright orange. I can also respond in a voice message there as well. It's a really, really cool feature. I can't believe they have this available for free, but until they get smarter about that, I'm going to take advantage of it because it is such a cool feature. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of your input. When I lived in the middle of the U.S., I found it really helpful without to live without a car and to use public transportation and to have Amazon deliver things that really, really would don't, don't go on a bus. <laughs> so I found Amazon delivery services really, really useful. And so I'm excited to have an affiliate link with them. Here's how it works. You don't pay anything. You also don't get a discount. But when you shop normally with the link in the show notes that I'll give you, um, I get a slight percentage of what you buy when you purchase something with my Amazon affiliate link. That's it. That is the whole story. I've never done this before, so I'm not entirely sure how well this works. So please do feedback to me if you if you go to the link and something weird happens, let me know and I will sort it out. Their customer service for this program is actually very quick uh, in responding. So we'll figure it out. I'm pretty sure it's not it's it's a, a no-brainer. You click on it, you order, you pay. And then I will see some money show up in my account. And considering how much technology I need to get for the podcast, because I'm still working on one of those clip-on shirt mics, um, I, I, I need some funding. <laughs> Let's face it, I can't go on for free forever. I am so thrilled to have you listen to the conversation between myself and Somia about her living overseasness colliding with her onlineness. This is a different conversation than I've had with a lot of folks on the fairly new version of the Virtual Expats podcast. And part of it being so different made me wonder if it belonged in this season. But I think it does. Because not everybody is really, really into putting their real selves into so many different versions of virtual selves. So I think Somia's matter-of-factly blunt and honest way of approaching things that a lot of us talk about a lot and do a lot is really refreshing and a really interesting perspective on all of this. So this definitely belongs 
in this season. Now, full disclosure, Soulmate was actually a professor of mine in the PhD program that is no more, that I consciously left, although had a very good experience in. If you listen to the Changing Scripts podcast that I have or watch my YouTube channel where I'm awkwardly but moving forward in learning Mandarin Chinese, you'll you'll hear my confession that I wasn't able to actually tackle reading Mandarin Chinese and the complex characters that encompasses it until I was able to push past learning coding. And it was in Somia's classes and working for her during the summer as well, that, and working for her as a research assistant as well. It was in under her lead that I was able to push past through to that. So ironically, so Somia's influence on what I'm doing now with my life was strong. Initially, I thought it built up my coding confidence so that I could build my own mobile apps with, without a bigger organization attached to me. And what it's actually done is led the way for me to actually finally, I think, acquire a second language while I live in a country that uses that language. So thank you, Somia, for that. But this is not a language podcast that's over there. <laughs> this is about onlineness and expatness or living overseasness and how those two support or don't support conflict don't conflict how they affect each other and what the person living overseas thinks of that theory and what the person that we're talking about living overseas in this case somia thinks about if there is a relationship between those two worlds and if they interact with each other Without further ado, here is Somia. Thank you, Somia, for joining us today on Virtual Expat Podcast. Can you briefly introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, my name is Somia, as you already said. I work as a data scientist in Toronto. I'm originally from India, but I lived in Germany and the U.S. for some time before mm -hmm. being here four months back. Yeah, I guess that's it. Great. All right. So what we generally do first is kind of go through your online chronology. Basically, what did you use online when you were in India? Did it change when you were in Germany? And then finally, when you reached North America and sorry, Canadians, but we're going to clump the U.S. and Canada probably together because they're so close to each other. <laughs> yeah. So when you were in India, what did you do online? It could be Email, social media, websites, anything that you frequently did online? Email, a lot of email. Um, mm -hmm. Facebook, but not a lot. But then in those days, like, I mean, it was not a lot in any way because, uh, so I was a lot on Orkut for some time and then I moved to Facebook. But then I was not really that much on Facebook because I met most of my friends physically. Yeah. But then I realized that's not true because when I came to Germany, I still didn't use Facebook for a long time. And then I started using a lot. Now I use it a lot. But then I realized that even those friends back in India use it a lot. Yeah. Like, I thought I'm using it a lot because I'm outside the country. But then these people are in the country with their families and they still use it a lot. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when did you notice that it started to get really popular with people back home? Uh, I don't know, maybe five years back. Five years? Really? So like 2013-ish? I don't know. I was not on Facebook for some time in the middle. 2011 and 12, I was just not, I, I just deactivated my account. So yes. I don't know what happened in that time. But by the time <laughs> I came back, like, you know, everybody was sharing everything on either Facebook or WhatsApp and they stopped, you know, sending stuff on email. Like uh, people get married and then they just say, I shared my pictures on WhatsApp, didn't you see? Like, you know. 
I didn't start using WhatsApp until 2015. 2015. I'm still not on WhatsApp. I don't know why I'm resisting it. Um, probably because it's another app, and I, I feel like I add a new app to my phone every three days. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I didn't have a smartphone until 2015. Like I mean, once I had it, I yeah. had it. <laughs> I had all those apps. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was when we went to Arizona in 2012 was my first smartphone. Before then, it was just. I mean, it took me a while to get away from flip phones. I really liked. <laughs> I liked. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't like bulky phones. I mean, I had very thin, small phones yeah. which could just fit into any pocket. I loved uh, them. Yeah, and they're yeah. just the phones are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's slightly annoying me. They're almost like half a tablet now. Some of them are so big. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it! Why do you think they're doing that to us? <laughs> <laughs> More phones, more features. You know, you yeah. can you cannot use a computer and be fine. <laughs> right? Yeah, I suppose. All right. So when you were in India, mostly email and just a tiny bit of Facebook. Yes. All right. So when you moved to Germany, did you add on any? What, what did you do there? Uh, it was just I was using some VoIP software to call home, and after like a year or so, I started using Facebook. Mm -hmm. That was it. Like I mean, the, I started using WhatsApp like two or three months before I left Germany. So yeah, I survived without WhatsApp for a long time. Was Facebook mostly to stay in contact with folks, or did you go on any like interest sites or any of that? Uh, no, no groups or no interest sites. It's just my friends. Yeah. So sometimes just posting like um, private messaging, or sometimes just posting. Mm. Like on the Facebook pages. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm noticing a trend that a lot of folks go on and off Facebook. Did you have that experience? No, oh, I was off one, only once when I first moved to Germany for the first one year. That was mm -hmm. it. I mean, I like uh, staying in touch with people. That's the what? only way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. What? Why did you go off of it for that year? I don't know. I mean, when I first moved to Germany, I was really not, you know, very keen on staying in touch with people. I wanted to stay away for some time. Yeah, be alone, <laughs> and you know, make new friendships and that kind of things. So yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So it was your way of saying, "I need some time alone. I'll come back to you later, maybe." Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Have you ever been someone that that surfs the web and goes from like interest site to interest site kind of thing, or reads a lot? Not really. I mean, I I found my interest sites way before Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I'm still in touch with those communities. So yeah, I don't. I, I'm not that person who <coughs> goes into Facebook groups and then from one group to another and then mm -hmm. to another website. I mean, I don't. I, I don't think I spend so much of time looking for groups online. <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as like reading any articles, news, or like any stuff like that, do you do any of that? Have you ever done any of that stuff online a lot? Yeah, that I do a lot. I look at a lot of news websites and uh, even general blogs and stuff. Mm -hmm. What language do you generally read in online? Uh, English and Telugu. Mm -hmm. Are there certain things you read in one language versus another? Local news, like local news at, in my hometown, I read them in Telugu. Local news in Canada, I can only read them in English. <laughs> I used to read like a little bit of German for some time when yeah. I was learning German. Just Looking at the headlines and uh, looking at the one sentence blurb that they have behind uh, <laughs> under each headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were the, and I know you were busy in a PhD program when you were in Germany, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. But were there any apps or websites or things that you started to use just when you were there that a lot of people used around you? The local, it was a website, local.de, which everyone used to browse through. So, and there was a website called Town Germany, which was for expats in Germany. Mm. That was in English. It had a lot of these forums where people post about, like, you know, how do I pay, file for taxes or you know, these kind of questions. Gotcha. Or some interesting things that are happening in Germany for non-German people. Right, right, right. I don't browse them anymore, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did, I did read an article today that uh, I know you were were not in Berlin, but there is a whole article on why expats are falling out of love with Berlin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. Why? I I didn't actually read it because I still want to live there. <laughs> I just I opened it and I realized that I didn't want to be convinced not to go there someday, so I closed it before I even started reading it. Yeah. I could probably find it, but I was just like, no, no, never mind. I don't want to know. <laughs> you mostly communicate one-on-one -on -one online with folks, it sounds like. Do you post anything for anybody to read, like for just like general? Yeah, yeah. I post a lot of public posts on Facebook. I blog mm -hmm. a lot. Sometimes even I started posting on LinkedIn too now after moving to Canada. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. I didn't that. do before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I've noticed... You, you've been posted. I, I don't stay on LinkedIn a, ter a lot, but I, for some reason, my notifications have started to work. And when there's a little number at the bottom of my app, I tend to pay attention. So they must be very clever. And I've noticed that after you left Iowa, you seem to be posting more academic stuff online <laughs> on LinkedIn. Yeah. What, what yeah, happened? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, being in the industry, I'm reading different kind of stuff compared to when I was in academia. Mm. So not just research articles, but I'm also reading blogs by industry R&D folks and general blogs on like, you know, good software practices and these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was in Iowa, I used to actually write blog posts on my blog. Yeah. On these research kind of stuff, you know, teaching research and these kind of things. Yeah. I thought, you know, I, I was not actually much of a LinkedIn user at the time, but then after moving here, I also wanted to network with people in Canada, build some professional network here. So I started using LinkedIn more. Nice. So I thought, you know, when I'm posting blog posts and when I'm reading stuff, I can as well use LinkedIn to share that kind of information. Sure. It, it actually worked out, actually. I mean, some people, some unknown people come and read it and comment it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Have you met anybody offline from those posts online? Not yet, but there are a few meetups. So I always register and not go because they happen in the evenings and I'm al already like tired by the evening. Yeah, I get uh, that. Yeah, but I did meet some people outside my work. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was at an industry conference some time back. I met a few people there. Nice. Yeah, it's slowly building some kind of professional network, I would say. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, I do have a confession to make. When you were, when it was announced that you were coming to Iowa and I was already a student there, I, I Googled you and, <laughs> and I saw a translation of a poem, I believe, that you did. Um, poem? Yeah. Was it a poem or was it just a short story? I don't, it was almost, mm -hmm. what, three years ago now. But, but I what did you see? Like I translated it into English? I think so, yeah. Did I really translate anything to English? <laughs> no, I did, but it was like after coming to Iowa, like 2015. No, I swear. No, 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 no. Yeah, I translated a book. Sorry. Yeah, that was 2015. Oh, I came in 2016. So, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you do any more of, of that? Or have you done any more yeah. of that? I'm doing right, one right now, but it's slow. Yeah. I mean, although I have a lot of time, I want to do something else in that lot of time, <laughs> not work. I get that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm doing something and I should see how it goes. Sure, 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 sure. So there's a lot of research on people and social media and their moods and emotions when they're using it. When you're keeping up with the, your friends and family online with social media, do you generally walk away from looking at their stuff feeling good, feeling kind of iffy, feeling overwhelmed? It's a mixture of all feelings. There were times when I'm just overrun by some posts of some people and some people seem perpetually happy, which is shocking for me. Right, yeah. But yeah, yeah. sometimes I'm like, you know, how can they, how can they do this? I mean, do people tend to share more happy stuff on yeah. their Facebook. Do you think they are perpetually happy or that's just the, they only post the really good stuff? I think they only just post the really good stuff. Nobody wants to, at least most people want, don't want to wash their dirty linen in public. So, Yeah, 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 fair enough. So we, oh, we skipped over North America. So when you <laughs> move from Germany to, to Iowa slash North America slash that general gigantic area, did what you do online change at all? Uh, I actually blog very little when I was in so when I was in Germany I used to write my personal blog the non-technical one a lot yeah yeah. yeah. I used to write that even in India a lot like I used to uh, there were times when I was in India when I used to blog every week mm-hmm. but I almost did not blog at all I guess when I was in Iowa mm-hmm. I mean I did but like it was very infrequent like once in every three four months or something like that wow Okay, yeah. Now I don't do it anymore, actually. I don't know why. I started doing like last week, so I should see how it goes. (laughs) I think I just got busy in Iowa. Yeah. As you know. Well, you're only only working on 100 projects at once, so. (laughs) Yeah, just 100, right? Just 100. What would stop you? (laughs) Yeah, just 100 and I was already busy, you know. Right? Oh, my gosh. That, yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. Social media websites. So the way that you talk to folks back home, did that stay the same? Like use the same calling programs, same social media? Yeah. Like I actually use the same calling program since Germany. Mm. I'm, I'm thinking of changing it now because I think there may be, you know, cheaper or better alternatives. Things must have evolved in the past eight years. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Wait, is it a paid service? It's a paid service. What? Okay, Skype. This program is free if you're talking to one person. This is yeah, but my mother does not use Skype. Like, I have to call on her phone. This is to call on her oh, phone. Okay, with this cl- Zoom cloud recording thing, you can give them, when you share, you can either share a link to use on a computer or a phone. or you She can, does not use internet. Or you can give them a phone number. It gives you a phone number that somebody can call. So She does not do all these things. Like, what? She it's, doesn't it's have a phone? I have to. She has a phone, but she does not make these calls. I have to call her. It's a different setup. And then I have other people. Like sometimes I call my grandparents. They don't use at all. Like all these things. They don't have a cell phone, by the way. Right, right. No, that's fine. That's fine. This gives a landline number for her to call. I don't think they're up to these things anyway. So they're grandparents. And then I call some of my mother's Ah. siblings, my aunts and uncles. So there are a couple of people I call. Not regularly, but you know. Right, right, right. But yeah. But with my mother, I call every day. But with others... You know, once in a month or something. Sure, like sure. Yeah. Well, if you're only if it's only calling a landline, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't. I no, don't. but it's like it's it's just one cent per minute. It's not like 
you know it's not like super expensive oh, or anything that's really cheap yeah. yeah that's the reason why i don't mind paying like you know <laughs> that doesn't seem like it would be worth it to research and find something else <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 okay and it has been one cent per minute like for eight years now so yeah. that's yeah that's really 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 cheap Hey expats and geopaths, what do you do with the annoying paper mail that you get to your old addresses in your home country? For a few years I'd have all of my mail forwarded to one friend and then I'd feel guilty for bothering them so much. So then I'd have a family member um, deal with my mail and so on and so forth. And I did this for about like what, 12, 13 years. And it got annoying and let's face it, I miss some mail because people have better things to do then look after my paper correspondence. So I finally broke down and got a service from traveling mailboxes. They will literally receive your mail. You get a US address, you get to pick the city that it's in, and you receive mail. And they'll let you know when mail comes in, they'll open it, scan it for you so you can read it. If you really need to, they'll forward it to you for a fee. You can also get packages delivered as well. And so there's like a variety of different services that you can have where you don't have to keep bugging your friends and family to deal with your paper mail. So if you go to stephfuccio.weebly.com, it's S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O dot Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. If you go to the bottom, you'll see the blue ad on the right, Traveling Mailbox. Click on that. I am now an affiliate program with them, so if you join their services, we both end up very, very happy campers, and you never have to ask your friends or family to receive your mail again. It's truly a beautiful thing. So, okay, looking back at the three areas we're talking about, India, Germany, and North America, do you think your movement from one place to the next affected how you used the internet? No, not really. I just use it more and more now because I use more on phone now. Mm-hmm. I have an actual commute. What? Uh, like I, I, yeah, I go by train for like some half an hour. Oh. I didn't have that before. That's not too bad of a commute. No, that's not too bad. It's just that it's bad for me because I don't like commutes. I hear (laughs) you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So what do you tend to do on your phone while you're commuting? So for the past two weeks, I'm just playing Sudoku. (laughs) Nice. But before that, I used to read. I had a few books on uh, books of like primarily poetry because they're easy to read on phone. Yeah. Yeah. So poetry, both in English and Telugu. So mm-hmm. it depends on my mood, really. Like sometimes I just play Sudoku. Sometimes if the train is crowded, I don't want to spend time reading and stuff. So I just play. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it is not suffocating, you know, I can <laughs> I can peacefully read. <laughs> sometimes I just, you know, print out some research articles or something. Yeah, yeah. But I use my phone more now. Like that's that's the thing. I even browse sometimes. I just browse Facebook. Before you were using more of a laptop, a tablet, or... Yeah, before, I mean, I was not... I, I didn't have a commute, right? So I didn't, like, sit in a train and just browse stuff. And uh... When you talk to people online, your friends or family or strangers or professional contacts, do you find that you're talking to them in a different way than you would if they were in, in front of you? I don't know. Probably. How? Because it's physical interaction is not there. You know, I have to... I should not sound, I don't know, I should still sound professional, polite, and all those things. Mm-hmm. So I probably will use some words which I don't use when I'm physically talking to them. Oh, okay. Even, Even if it's a video? For- a video, probably not. Okay. A video, I don't, like, I think I'm okay with uh, talking like I would do physically. 
Right, right, right. But if it's just in text, do you find yourself writing more to make up for that? that yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in, I'm in China. And Northeast Asia has a fascination with uh, cute and with uh, what we would call emoticons and on our biggest oh, okay. here, like WeChat has stickers that are absolutely adorable. And um, I'm rather silly, so I like the whole sticker slash emoticon world, but I know a lot of folks aren't really keen. I don't know if you can see any of these, but there's just... What are those? <laughs> uh, tons and tons of stickers that you can put into oh, messages. Cool. Like, yeah. They're just like little... Yeah. Yeah. WhatsApp also seems to have a lot of those these days. Yeah, little cute pictures. This is, reminds me of Huishen. What's that? Huishen. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find myself sometimes having almost an entire conversation just in like cute stickers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how would this actually look if this were words? Yeah. And I have, I have a couple of my friends from the US on WeChat so I can talk to them because the video. Oh, okay, okay. And they think the stickers are cute when I use them, but they're not quite in the habit of using them. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I have this theory that North Americans are slightly more serious and really want to use text when they're on messaging okay. forums. I don't know. What do you think? Is my theory talking? I didn't notice. I don't know. I don't do a lot of informal chat with North Americans, so I didn't notice this. Okay. Uh, but so WhatsApp has a lot of these pictures these days. Like yeah, there yeah. are also you can search for gifts and uh, put a gif for an for an expression or something so yeah. I use it a lot but some of my friends in India still don't use it a lot mm. so yeah I guess it depends yeah did they comment at all when you use it or just yeah they do they do sometimes mostly they're amusing mm. yeah, even in a serious situation you know sometimes like you look at a picture and you smile <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Have you ever deleted something you put online afterwards? No, I don't know. I think I made a few posts private on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I didn't delete anything, I guess. Mm -hmm. Not at least what, as far as I remember. Do you tend to share more stuff as it's happening or at, like a few days or weeks or months after? Generally, as it is happening, mm -hmm. because something or the other is happening all the time. I can't remember what happened like you know, a few days or months after. <laughs> Is there something that you've made a conscious choice to never share online with anyone? No. <laughs> I, did, I didn't think of it yeah. that way. I don't share a lot of personal photographs though. Mm -hmm. Some people do. Some people share like everything in public. I don't know how they do that. Mm -hmm. Like uh, settings are public. Everyone can see it. Yeah. Why yeah did you I don't think I share a lot of family pictures or anything anywhere online. Sure, sure, sure. Why? I don't know. Like, I mean, if it is a public post, everyone can see it, right? I'm not very particularly keen on others looking at who, how I look or, you know, how my family members look. And then I also saw like a few instances of fake profiles. So there was a profile of one guy who mm -hmm. was named something else, but he looked like my uh, colleague from college. Mm -hmm. The picture was exactly his. So I sent this picture to my colleague. Yeah. Uh, this was on Facebook mm -hmm. and he was actually shocked because it is his picture. I was not like confused or anything. Whoa. It is his picture. Wow. 
Was this yeah. on? This was on Facebook. This was on Facebook. Wow. I accidentally found this profile because I don't know how I found it. I think I got it in Facebook suggestions or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was one other instance like last year where our ISU professor John Lewis somebody started creating a fake profile for John Lewis. What? Yeah, and started adding all of us. So I actually didn't realize John was already on my Facebook list. So I first added this guy and then I realized John was already on my list. Right. And then I sent a message to this guy saying like, I mean, you're already on my list. Why did you add me? Yeah. And then somebody, uh, and then we realized like a couple of people did this. And then we realized John said like, I don't know who this is. And then we realized it's a fake profile. Wow. But this guy actually had publicly available pictures from John's profile on his profile. So it was like difficult to notice this kind of Oh, yeah. what do people this get or female, like, I don't know. doing that? Yeah, no, that's creepy. In either case, did the person notify Facebook and try to have the fake profile removed or anything? I think they did. I don't know. I, probably they did. Just wow. Like, why would somebody do that? Like, what would they gain? Other than followers, what would they gain from? No, doing? like, I mean, if you add this person as a friend, then... Uh, and you don't keep this person in restricted list on Facebook, then this person has access to all your personal details, right? That's what they gain. Yeah. Like the photos you share, the other updates you share, your date of birth, maybe your phone number, depending on how you, the privacy settings are, phone number, email, and these kind of things. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's downright creepy. You should be happy that you're not on Facebook. Right, exactly. I was going to say, I, I'm not on Facebook for very different reasons, but the, the privacy issue is just a... a an extra thing that I don't even think about. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's creepy. That is definitely creepy. Oh my gosh. That's the thing. What I keep wondering, I haven't interviewed anybody super young and any teenagers yet, but I'm curious because I came to the internet, you know, as it matured and as it became popular and I grew up basically without it. And then in my twenties and thirties, that's when things started to grow. So I wonder the kids that are growing up now, like what, where do they draw the line between what to put online and not put online? You know? Well, they seem and, to put everything online, right? Like, yeah, that's... I mean, at least I don't use Instagram, but a lot of people also use Instagram, so... Oh, I, I use Instagram. Yeah, yeah. but there's a, a line between what I will and won't post on there. Do you have any younger relatives or friends or, or whatnot or that... Yeah, I have a lot of them. They think Facebook is like outdated and for old people. <laughs> even whatsapp even whatsapp is for old people according to them so what's for young people now then i don't know they use something some group something i forgot huh uh, probably snapchat yeah uh oh i thought snapchat went down i don't know I don't so know. even in my class like when i was teaching 314 like last semester yeah uh, there was a small classroom exercise where i asked them to document something related to whatsapp yeah. So in a class of 25, like 75% of them did not even know what WhatsApp is. Wow. They were using something else. Uh, yeah. I forgot its name, but they were using some other such tool. It's, I mean, some other mobile app. Right, 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 right. I do think WhatsApp was popular in some parts of the U.S., but I felt like in Europe and South America, it was more popular. And then Line and, and was is popular in parts of Asia, WeChat here. I forget what people in Japan were on. But it feels like it's so, such a regional Maybe. thing. Yeah. WhatsApp is very popular in India, though. 
Is it? Okay. Yeah, super popular. People do everything on WhatsApp. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. But then again, we were gone from the U.S. for a long time too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I don't know. That's interesting. So what do you, what do you think we should be telling the new gen- newer generations before they hop online for the first time? I don't think they will listen anyway, so you can tell anything. <laughs> we should let them fall on their faces and then they'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I think they're better at doing that. Uh, I don't know. But what if they make a really, really grave, like dangerous mistake? Everyone can make that, right? Even we can make that. Like, how can we decide that they're making a mistake or not making a mistake? I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, they won't anyway listen. Like, I mean, there's no point in trying to be nice and trying to be that, you know, helpful senior. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like people advising me, like people, older people advising me. So I'm sure they also don't like me advising them. <laughs> Okay, but when when kids are growing up, we teach them how to walk, how to talk, how to behave in public, how to eat. How yeah, to... but that's our kids, right? Like not like our neighbors' kids. We can't. We don't just go to a kid walking on the street sure. and say, you know. Okay, so how should people teach their own kids how to behave online? Like, what should should they even try, or should they kind of just keep? I I think like I mean I think all households will have some sort of parental controls and settings on internet and television and you know, Netflix and all these things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from that, maybe they should just make sure uh, their kid does not spend too much of time online alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I, don't know, like, I mean, I don't have children and children of that age, so. No, me neither, but I taught, I taught teens for years, so I, part of me thinks about that age group, not so much the younger, younger ones, because I think that yeah. is probably pretty easy with software. I mean, there's a problem of this fake news spreading on internet, Yeah. but then there's a problem for adults as well, so I don't know if it is very specific, to, if, if kids need to be, you know, educated about how to identify whether something is fake, because uh, yeah. even adults can't do, can't do that, and maybe it's just the way of like it's just something to tell about these times i mean we are just living in those times so it's better to live like others yeah 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 because it's not you're right it's not just what they're putting out into the world it's what they're absorbing from the websites too and that critical thinking of deciding is this bullshit or is this actually real Yeah, and I mean, there's just too much of information around. There's nothing we can do about it. Too much of information around and too much of access around. Yeah. So what? Are you enjoying this conversation about our virtualness and our geographicness colliding? Me too. Hey, I would love to interview you. Do you live in a country that is not your home country? Let's talk about your experience. Let's do it. Contact me at Steph Puccio, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on any of my social media platforms. I am Steph Fuccio on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. So contact me. Let's line this up. I would love to get your opinion into these questions out into the world. Let's do it. I'm I'm slightly intrigued with the messiness of the internet. Do you think we're ever going to organize this creature? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's impossible. Ah. Yeah. Uh, simple answer, right? It is, but 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 is that possible? 
Is it possible to just leave it in its current? Because it's only going to grow. There's going to be more stuff, more apps, more websites, more. Yeah, precisely everything. why I think it's not possible to organize. Oh, so it's just going to grow and it will get harder to find the right stuff? Yeah, that's what I would guess. Ah. We'll find the stuff that uh, is marketed enough. I mean, that will be on top. Yeah. There may be good stuff that you don't see, but that has always been the case. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think I remember when I first started teaching back in the U.S. after teaching overseas for a decade, and I was used to email in kind of a folder system where you okay. put things, yeah, in, in, their, in their proper spot. And my students were used to the search system where they just kept things in their inbox, which used to drive me crazy because they could never find anything. And they would just search it. And they thought this worked, but they could never find anything. So they were using this method. I was using this method. And we were trying to, like I was trying to help them find what they needed to do X, Y, and Z. And it was sort of, we were dancing around each other. So it sounds like what you're saying is that the, the search-ish thing will either need to get better or nothing because organizing it is not no, organizing it i don't think will matter like it will be useful because that was a different time like we emails just started and we didn't have so many emails now we have like so many. hundreds and thousands of emails like even just in a day sometimes you may get like 50 to 100 emails depending on you know what you're doing like you may have subscribed to different groups and each group like you know, if there is a lot of activity in one group you'll just see some 25 emails from that group alone yeah, 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 yeah. We were, I was also talking with some folks about the messages that we have on our phones with people, the messages, the pictures, those kinds of things. Do you try to keep them or organize them and, or save them in some sort of way? Uh, sometimes I just delete some of them. That's, that's all I do. Yeah. So I, sometimes I copy them like to a disk or something just to keep a backup if there are some really you know, important photos or something. Right, 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 but other than right. that, I don't do any other sort of organization. I, yeah. I mean, there's just so much of information floating around. I don't want to waste my time trying to organize. I used to do, but I don't do anymore. Yeah, yeah. Is there a difference between somebody's like autobiographical book and what we're doing posting about our lives online? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Autobiographical book, probably, you know, you know you're writing a book, so you probably plan. Mm and tell only things you want to tell. In social media, probably sometimes you just want to vent out. <laughs> You're more unrestrained. Yeah, 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 yeah. More, um, so you may know more about a person's uh, from their social media posts than their autobiographical book, because book is planned. Mm. Yeah, I mean, some people plan maybe their social media posts as well. I don't know. Can they go into as much depth with explanation and like depth of emotion in the social media posts as they could? Or oh, people post? post really, really long posts on social media, like you know, <laughs> and several times a day. I just wonder how many, how do they get time to do all these things? Oh my god! Okay, have you heard of this new influencer thing? I shouldn't say that. I sound so old right now. Have you heard of this old fangled influencer thing? Apparently, there's this new job. It's sort of like a freelancer thing where if people are. Uh, popular enough on social media, they're termed an influencer. Yeah, LinkedIn has that, right? LinkedIn influencers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, to to stay current and active and like super hot, they have to post like thirty five posts a day. Oh, okay. Day. Could you imagine yourself ever posting that much in one single day? 
well i mean if people are like social media uh, representatives of some organization or something they have to write what other thing they can can they do yeah no that's true that's true it just seems like a lot i mean yeah, maybe it's just their job like i mean if the job itself is posting on social media then you know they have to do that right i don't see myself doing that like as an individual yeah i'm not that obsessed with myself yet <laughs> uh, we don't know what happens in future yeah <laughs> well to be fair <laughs> some of them are interest based like some of them might be like a sports influencer or a music influencer they'd have different yeah. streams of things although some of them are fashion oriented and very superficial and this this is yeah. this is how i look kind of thing but yeah it just seems like a lot a lot a lot, yeah. a lot. I, I don't know i think it's just a part of their job i have this theory that this happiness obsession like you mentioned earlier some people only post the really really good things when tv came to fruition there were some really like super happy like the perfect life kind of tv shows and then we kind of got more realistic and now there's like a really big range of t- television shows from the made up to the real and all that kind of stuff do you think the internet and social media specifically is going to go through that kind of lifespan too or do you think we'll stay in this happiness obsession moment i have no idea actually i don't watch so much of tv so i don't know what is the range <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. No, I, didn't, I mean, from what I know of television, I didn't get that impression that you had. I thought uh, all television shows are like over the top, talking about you know unnecessary negative emotions. Ah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, I had an American viewpoint on that. Okay. <laughs> so if we just look at the the short life of social media so far, it does seem to we do seem to be really, really focused on. the happy the joy the pretty the, the that kind of thing yeah. do you think we'll stay there do you think we'll get a wider range of experiences in the future i don't know i probably it will stay there i mean there are always those people who post on like their like depression and all these things but in, in those forums i guess yeah but even like people don't want to go read and you know just feel live with the feeling that life sucks more than i imagine right like people want to have some hope so well, i don't think but there's more there's more in between happy and depressed there's there's thinking stuff there's that is uninteresting right like i mean what is interesting <laughs> really <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't want to read about like i don't want to read about happy stuff also at a point it gets boring like i get a feeling that everybody is happy except me <laughs> yeah 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 but i don't know like I, I can't say I can't <laughs> I can't predict on this speculate on this. So there's a lot of fear and speculation about artificial intelligence in the future. Do you think people will start to hire robots or what have you to do their social media in the future so they can do other things? <laughs> Probably there are already some Twitter bots. Mm that's true. Yeah. So you know, maybe like companies will just have a bot tweeting about them like you know 35 tweets a day probably <laughs> influencer bot <laughs> yeah influencer bots so yeah, i don't i don't think that's a very uh, difficult thing to achieve in the coming years mm-hmm. do you think we should be fearful of technology in the future whether we are fearful or not it will just happen we can't control it it's my uh, thought on that yeah 
Do you think there's going to be that kind of scientific robots will take over future that far too many people keep talking about? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure it won't happen in my lifetime. Mm. So I'm not particularly worried what happens like 500 years later because, you know, I can't tell. Yeah. And there may be some solutions people will come up with in that generation. So I should not overly obsess and worry about like, you know, future of humanity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, again, looking at the three areas we're talking about, because I'm, I'm trying to, with this podcast, I'm trying to tease out if there is something that happens, some sort of connection between us moving places or living in different places and what we do online. So do you think your movement between these three places affected what you put into the world online at all or what you absorbed? I mean, I write about things like my experiences in these countries and like I used to blog a lot about my travel. Like when I was in Germany, I used to go to go around to other European countries. Yeah. I used to blog a lot. I even published in Telugu magazines, travel blogs, travel Mm -hmm. posts. So, yeah, I mean, that is something I would not have done if I did not go to all these places, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it changes. I mean, it not changes, but it adds more content to what you usually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, so there's this effect where if people are out together in a small group and somebody picks up their phone to do something, that the other people will tend to, like, pull out or pick up their phone and start to do it. Do you think that's true on a bigger scale that what people do in a certain country or city or location that it affects other people's usage of their mobile usage? I don't know. It depends on the country. Mm. Like if, if there is something that is very trendy in the US, I'm pretty sure it will be seen in India, but not the other way around. I know you haven't been in Toronto too long, but is there anything you've noticed there that's sort of interesting or quirky about what people are doing with their phones or laptops or technology in general? No, everybody is just looking into their phones and laptops and train, but I don't know what they're looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when you were in Iowa, was there anything there that stuck out? No, it's a small place, right? So there are not that many people in Ames. Mm-hmm, that's uh, true. So I didn't notice so much of people staring into their mobile phones and things like that. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the buses, students used to do that, but I, don't, I didn't use a lot of uh, public transport or go to a lot of overcrowded places in Ames because there are not any. Like, yeah, I was going to say, what overcrowded places? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I don't know how, like I didn't notice that much of people using their laptops or social media or phones or things like that while going to work or you know in public transport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So compared to Ames, okay, it's much more in Toronto. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The place that I saw the most technology just out and about was like when I went to the library and I'd see people with like their laptop and their phone and their, I don't even think they had yeah. music players anymore. But I feel like there was more than two. I feel like there was like an array of electronics around them as they were studying. Samia, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, I hope you, I answered your questions. Yeah, of course. (laughs) You got some information out of it. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this 
episode of Virtual Expat. And special thank you again to Damon Castillo for the music and to our special guest this time. If you'd like to be interviewed for this podcast, just send me an email or contact me on social media in the show notes. You can find all my information or you can just jot it down right now. Are you ready? You ready? Here we go. Steph Fuccio, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O, Gmail, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. There you go. Contact me. Oh, also LinkedIn too. You know what? I keep forgetting about that one. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to your questions, comments, feedback, any information and volunteering to be on the podcast as well. Thank you so much and have a wonderful, wonderful day on or offline.